Hey, this is Leverage Your Life, and I am Mark Jackson, the host, and I want to thank you for joining me today. My intention today is to inspire, to motivate, and encourage you to live a life full of passion and purpose so that you can find your greatest fulfillment and make the biggest impact. And so I call it a meeting platform because I'm still working out the details of how I'm going to structure things. I think I got a little more clarity now. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from friends and listeners who've tuned in and shared the content. And the the whole purpose of of this was to encourage people who are followers of Jesus to boldly follow Jesus, to do all the things that God's put on your heart. If you're someone who's come, to, who's come to trust in Jesus and the Holy Spirit's worked in your life, you've often had moments where you thought, man, what if God, and fill in the blank. And then you, you just backed away from it because it seemed too radical or it seemed like you're putting yourself out there too much. And I just want to be that encouraging voice that tells you to press on. And so this isn't a leadership podcast. This is an impact podcast. It's a podcast for people who are moms and dads and workers and white collars and blue collars and no collars for military people and everyone in between who is a follower of Jesus, who is uh, sitting on the sideline but dreaming about really being in the game. And so uh, there's other great podcasts. In fact, I'll drop some other content for you and encourage you to check out some other resources too. The niche that I want to meet is is the person who's walking along alongside you as a friend who can give you encouragement and some wisdom that comes from from scripture. There's a lot of people who are super successful out there who have a lot of accolades. And honestly, when I think about my life, I look at it and think, am I the person best suited to be a voice uh, for people to listen to? And I think that that what God has encouraged me to do through these moments and what I'm convicted to do is to walk alongside you in this. In other words, uh, even with launching this, uh, the, this uh, media platform, um, I'm not quite polished, obviously. I don't have every, all the answers yet, and I'm just getting started. And I thought it was important for me uh, to go ahead and put myself out there, to let you see the flaws, the inconsistencies, the failures, because God knows we're going to mess up, but he wants us to start. That's why he says a righteous man, man falls seven times and gets back up. And so we need to fail together if we're ever going to walk together. And so you get to watch that, and I'll put it out there, and you get to listen to me stumble over my words and be inconsistent sometimes with my content, but I got good content coming. So there's three ways I want to encourage you, to inspire you, to motivate you. The first way, and this is the dominant way, this is really like the the intention of what I want to do through all the media platform, is to tell stories. I want to tell stories of people who are doing amazing things with their life that have eternal impact because of what they have found in Jesus Christ. We see so many headlines of people and situations and circumstances that are just atrocious and dark and depressing, and those are all reality, and we need to take that into consideration. But if we miss all that God is doing, we only see a small part of the picture because God is doing so much more than you know. 
God is at work in ways that you and I do not realize. And so I want to tell stories about what God's doing through other people. Sometimes we're like Elijah. We think, oh, it's me and me alone over here, God. I'm on my own. And God's like, I got 7,000 people. You don't even know their names, but they've not bowed the knee to Baal yet. And so be encouraged today. And I want to start telling stories of other people. I got another story coming up um, that I'm working on right now to finish some details. And um, hopefully by the first part of August, I'll be able to release that story. Last month, I talked about Rochelle Starr, a woman who was a pastor's wife, just an ordinary person like you who felt compelled to help minister to women who are caught in the sex industry and to rescue their families. And she's making a huge impact through Scarlet Hope, both in Louisville, but now throughout all the nation too. And God is using her in amazing ways. And she's just a normal person like you and like me. And so uh, let's get started. Let's do something together. The second way I want to do, besides telling stories, I want to also bring some devotional content that I think will be encouraging. When I say devotional, I want to motivate you with the Word of God. It's funny, I have a master's in leadership. I I love leadership podcasts and books, and so I consume a lot of content. And it's amazing to me how many truths that even people who are non-believers, what they say, uh, they'll say something, and I find that like the roots of that truth comes from Scripture. Like God's given us everything that we need to be people of passion and purpose who are successful and who are making a difference, who are not overcome by darkness, but we're driving back the darkness with light. And so I want to give you some of that content too. And today I want to read uh, uh, part of Matthew chapter 25 and connect three stories together. Oftentimes in this passage, what we hear is one third, the second third, or the third third as like these segmented portions of scripture. But I think there's a common theme that if you don't put them together, that you'll miss out on. Because what Jesus is doing is telling, to some extent, the same story three different ways so that we understand it in its fullness. He wants us to understand the context. I say it like this, that the truth is, um, is, can often be given in ways that is two-dimensional. In other words, we will try to summarize truth, and as we summarize it, it loses some of its essence, but truth is three-dimensional. In other words, it's not just something static that you learn. It's something that's three-dimensional that like rolls, right? So a two-dimensional round object is a circle. Good job. But a three-dimensional round object is what? It's a sphere. It's a ball, right? I mean, this is what makes bearings possible, what makes sports possible. It's what makes so much of our lives possible is because when something is three-dimensional, it works with us in scriptures that same way. Truth is that same way. It's something that gives dimension so that it gives action and application to our lives. And so in this passage in Matthew chapter 25, there's three different uh, sections. The first one is about these uh, 10 virgins who are waiting to meet a groom. The groom is delayed, and so they don't have enough oil for the lamps. And so for five of them, they trim their lamps so that they are ready and prepared. For five of them, they get distracted, they get tired, they wander off, they, they just let their feelings and emotions get in the way, and so they go to bed and they go to sleep, but five of them get ready. And so it says this, that when the bridegroom came, 
Five of them were ready. They went with them to the feast. They went with them to, to, to the celebration. The other five weren't ready, so they had to go get oil, and they missed out because they were not ready. So the first word that I want to give to you is ready. So that's what we're going to gather from that. Later on, I want to walk through some other details to kind of break this down in greater depth. But the key word for the first parable is ready. The second parable is a parable of talents. It's like a man, the kingdom of heaven is like a man going on a journey who called his servants. He gave them different talents. The talents in this is not abilities. Talents in this is resources or money, currency, according to their abilities. So to one man, he gave five talents. To another, he gave two. To the third, he gave one. And then when the master returned, the one who had five talents came and said, hey, I've, I've worked, I traded, and I took these five talents, and now I have five more. And he said, well done. Enter into the joy of your master. And so he gets, gets rewarded for that. The second one who had two was not required to have five. He came back and said, hey, I had two, and I traded, and I got two more as well. So I doubled it. And my return was 100% as well. And so he said the same exact thing to him. He didn't expect him to have five. When he had the two, the 100% return, he said, well done. Enter into the joy of your master. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. And then the third guy. The third guy only had one talent. And what he did instead of trading it is he hid it. He buried it in the ground and waited on the master to come. The master came back. And he gave it to him and said, hey, I knew you're a hard man. I know you, you reap where you don't sow. I know that you're so difficult. And so here is what you gave me. He gave him back the talent with no return on it. See, the reason why I think this is important for, for you to read is that for some people, you've, have you heard the phrase that some people are so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good? And it's kind of a truish statement. I think that if you're heavenly minded, you'll be working on earth because that's what this parable is, is interpreting. It says if your mind's really on things above, you're going to be active right now where you are. And so Jesus, or the master in this case, blows up the excuse of the third guy. He says, you're a wicked and slothful servant. In other words, you're lying to me and you were just lazy. Don't blame me for your laziness. He said, if you really thought that, you would have invested with the bankers and would have given me some interest. So you didn't think I was hard. You were just being lazy. So the master wasn't buying it. But I want you to hear how he responds to him because he takes the, the, the money away uh, that, the, that that one had and he gave it to um, the one who had 10 talents. So the one who was using the resources the best got more. But then he t- says this. He said, take him and cast this worthless servant into the outer darkness a place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is intense. Like the master expects you to be busy. And what, what, what I love about this passage is I find myself, now don't get me wrong, I can be lazy with the best of them, but I can be a pretty driven person too. And I think sometimes people who have ambition and who press hard um, almost get discouraged from by people who... Um, don't want you to press harder than them, right? And so if you've ever really worked hard, you'll find people who are striving for mediocrity 
who don't want you to excel beyond their level. And what this is saying is, hey, if you got 10, get 20. If you got five, get 10. If you got two, get four, whatever it is, double down and get a huge return on that. Get 100% of what you can get out of it. And so press on. And so Again, this gives some clarity. So there's a reaping a return. So be ready to reap a return. So that's the second part of this. The third part is this. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and the angels with him, he'll sit on his glorious throne. And it says this. So this is getting a little more distinct. This isn't a parable at this point. This is a passage telling about what Jesus says he will do, that he will sit on his throne, he'll gather the nations, and he will separate people, right? The separation has happened in the first the second, and now the third part of this too. So it's the same story told to give greater clarity, greater understanding of what's taking place. And so in this third passage, he says that when, when, when he comes, he's going to sit on his throne and separate the sheep from the goats. He's going to look, the king will look to those on his right and say, Come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick and in prison and visit you? And the king will answer, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brother, you did it to me. He's going to look at the people on the left and say the exact opposite, right? He's going to look at those who are defined as the goats and say, listen, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal flame prepared for the devil and his angels. He said, I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not welcome me. Naked, you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then also he will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you? And they'll say, what, we, we never saw you in these things. And, and, and the king will say, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will all go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Same story, more detail, more clarity in each one. See, the problem is for some Christians, they'll read the first part that says, be ready. And they'll think, I got to get myself ready. I got to get myself ready. And you do. Like if you don't have like authentic saving faith in Jesus Christ, then you're not ready. But for some people, they stop there. They stop to in, in this uh, sort of like self-consumed um, holiness initiative. And what I mean by that is, have you ever been to a gym and you see mirrors all around? If you've been to like a, a gym, you know there are people who go to the gym to simply stare at themselves in the mirror as if their strength was given to them just so they could admire themselves and be ready, right? And that's the same thing. Some Christians find themselves find themselves so focused on their personal holiness that it's all consuming. So the habits they used to have are now um, are gone. So look at how well I've done. Now I'm ready for God as if their works will make them ready for God in themselves. See, there's other people though who will look at the second part of this and read about the talents and, and feel like, okay, I need to be a good steward of God's resources. And they'll think that because they are stewarding resources well, and a lot of times that's, that comes out 
like this passage in the form of money. People who will think, okay, look, I've got a return on my money. I'm giving a little bit here, giving a little bit there, but I've stewarded it well. My, my house is well maintained. My cars are well maintained. And I've been a good steward of my, of, of my wealth. But that's not the point of the story necessarily either. It goes all the way down to the third one where, where the servants are, are, are separated and they're ready, they're reaping a return, but the return is of restoration. In other words, what they wanted to gain with the readiness and with the return was they were focused on things that were eternal. And in fact, this passage, they didn't even fully understand what that was. They came to find out that all the things that they were doing were the things that God wanted them to do. So the things that he was focused on wasn't upon their money, but upon, but upon the ways that they loved those who were far away from him, who were uh, in, afflicted and who needed restoration. And so when you see these three, three things together, you see readiness reaping a return of restoration. And so over the course of the next, uh, next probably 10 days, I want to dig into each one of these a little bit more to talk a little bit more about each section and ways that you can apply it to your life. But God wants you to be focused today on using every part of your being, every resources, every strength that you have for him. In fact, I was uh, this last week, uh, Trace Reese, who's my good friend and co-worker and one of the pastors of our church, he uh, was preaching about the life of Samson. And he said, I wonder if Samson, he said, this isn't in scripture, but he said, I wonder if Samson knew the source of his strength. He said, I wonder if Samson's parents told him, Samson, God has given you this strength to rescue Israel. Because we find Samson always using his strength for these selfish purposes, even like at the end of his life, when he gets uh, revenge upon the Philistines, he's getting revenge for the fact that they gouged his eyes out. It's not that he's trying to use his strength for Israel. He's using his strength for his own purposes. And he said, I wonder if, if, if his parents ever said, hey, as a young man, you're strong. And God gave you this strength so that you could rescue Israel. And I just want to say that to you right now. Hey, you are strong. And God gave you this strength to help rescue the world. God gave you intellect to use, to maximize, to learn, to expand so that the world would be blessed and they would know that the life you found in Jesus brought this to them, that the grace of Jesus changed your life and so now it's changing theirs too, right? God gave you this strength, these resources, these talents, these opportunities that you have. God gave them to you. I'm talking to you, the listener. God gave them to you for the rescue, for the restoration. So do it. Be ready. What are you, what's distracting you right now? Is, is it, are you just tired? Are you too busy? Do you need to like let some things go so you can focus? Look, be ready. You know what? Do it with ambition. Like all the way. If you, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord with all your might. So whatever talent you have, whether you think you have 10 or whether you think you have one or maybe you think you have a half talent, right? Get a return on that. Use all of it with great ambition, like wanting to maximize it for the greatest impact. 
to, for the restoration of people. God gave that to you, and so God gave us this day. So this day, you're going to walk out of your house and encounter people with the resources of God, the power of God. And all this opportunity, he wants you to reap a return that is going to be eternal. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt, where thieves break and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, right? It means things that are unshakable. Find your hope in things that are unshakable and let's watch God continue to fill us with passion and purpose so that we have this life that Jesus promised in John 10, 10 that's abundant, right? That has reward with it and you will find yourself living your best life. And so that's what I got for you today. We'll dig into this a little bit more. I'm gonna tell some stories about people who are doing this, people who are ready, people who are reaping, and people who are restoring. And hopefully one of those persons that we'll talk about is you. So have a great day, great weekend. Whenever you're listening to this, stay tuned. Check me out on Facebook and on uh, Instagram. That's L-Y-L Today, or you can go to the website, leverageyour.life, and check us out there. I also have a Vimeo page where I post the videos as well. You can go there and see additional content at Leverage Your Life. Uh, wherever you consume it, the podcast is on Stitcher. It's on iOS. It's on Google Play. It's on Spotify. It's on Podbean. So uh, check it out. Share it with friends. Again, if, if you are blessed by this, if you've been encouraged by this, then please leave a good review and tell somebody about it. My, my aim, I promise you, is not to gain an audience but gain an impact and hopefully that's in your life and hopefully in the lives of some people that we know too so go do that have a great day and i will see you next time